last time I shared, I shared about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's an area that uh, I'm passionate about. That's an area that I know that you're excited about, at least some of you. I don't know if everybody is. Uh, if you're excited about getting a free gift from the Holy Spirit, even today, just wave your arms or do something to tell him, yes, Lord, give me what you've got. And uh, I believe that the Lord has gifts for everybody. And uh, the portion that uh, uh, I wanted to share with you last time was a video that didn't work. Technology sometimes fails us. So it actually gives us an opportunity to watch it today. This video is a little bit technical. It's not a Christian video, but it is very much a Christian video. So hang on to your seatbelts. Here we go. Every single cell in your body contains the same DNA. However, not all of your cells are the same. You have nerve cells, blood cells, skin cells, bone cells, and many more different types that all have a slightly different structure so they can carry out their function. So, how can the same DNA create a whole range of different cells? The answer lies with differentiation. You were once a fertilised egg, a single cell called a zygote, which became a ball of cells through cell division. These identical, unspecialised cells are known as embryonic stem cells. Embryonic stem cells have the ability to become any type of cell in the organism. You can find out more about them by watching this video. When you were about eight cells big, the process of differentiation started. The embryonic stem cells began to specialise to form different types of cells, which form different tissues and organs. Differentiation happens because genes in the DNA are switched on or off and the cells start making different proteins. The set of genes switched on in one type of cell, say a red blood cell, is different to the set of genes that are switched on in another type of cell, like a muscle cell. This combination of genes allows the cell to make different structures, which results in the cells looking and functioning differently. Stem cells do exist past the embryo. They are called adult stem cells. Adult is a little misleading, as these stem cells are actually found in infants and children, as well as adults. Whereas embryo stem cells can turn into any cell in the human body, adult stem cells are only capable of forming a few different types of cell. They typically form the type of tissue in which they are found. Adult stem cells maintain the body's tissues and organs. They can divide and reproduce indefinitely. For example, stem cells inside your bones, in your bone marrow, can differentiate to become different types of blood cell, but only blood cells. This is important because without this process, you would not be able to create more blood cells to replace the ones that become damaged. And you create lots, an amazing 2 million new red blood cells every second. So differentiation in adult humans is mainly used for repair and replacement. Unlike humans, adult plants retain the ability to use stem cells to form all types of specialised cells. Plant stem cells are found in regions called meristems, 
which are located in the tips of growing roots and shoots. They can differentiate to form any type of specialised plant cell, such as xylem or phloem, so plant stem cells always act like human embryonic stem cells. If you take single cells from meristem tissues, you can grow a whole new plant from it. This is the basis of tissue culture and is used for cloning plants. In fact, nearly all commercial bananas sold in supermarkets around the world are from cloned banana plants. So, to summarise, in this video we have discovered that genes are switched on and off to form differentiated cells. We've looked at how differentiation in human embryonic stem cells means all the different tissues and organs can be formed and how adult stem cells can only differentiate into a few different types of cell. However, in plants, stem cells in meristem tissues can differentiate into all cell types throughout the life of the plant. Was that interesting? Did that add some perspectives that you didn't have before about how God works in nature? I believe that God has given us, through science, the ability to understand his mind and his heart even better today than we did a thousand years ago or even 500 years ago. The more science advances, the more research is made by us humans, the better we understand the world that we live in, the nature of the world that we live in, and the smaller detail we get into with cells, we understand the heart of God and the goodness of God and the way he created us as humans and the way he created all of creation. But more specifically, I believe that the models that God uses, human bodies, plants, structures, all of these things, help us understand the nature of the church because Jesus, the Apostle Paul, Peter have used John, have used different models to help us understand the church. He used, Paul used in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, he uses the model of the human body. And he says, we are not all hands, we're not all eyes, so he's talking about differentiation even in the body of Christ. He talks about, Jesus talked about the vine. He said that I am the vine and you are the branches. And he talked about Israel as being the olive tree and us being grafted into the olive tree. So the nature of scientific nature of plants, of the human body, help us understand the way the Lord forms his church. And when he tells Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, the more we understand about the nature of things, scientific nature of cells within the human body and how they differentiate and cells within plants and how they differentiate, the more we understand stem cells and how they form all the different organs that we have in the body, the better we have an understanding of the heart of God and the way that Jesus builds his church. Amen?
If you agree with everything I've said so far, give me a thumbs up. Wonderful. So we notice two things. There is specialized cells that form from these stem cells, and they happen at the moment of birth or conception in the human body. In other words, every cell in the human body came from the original cells that differentiated later in the process of gestation and the process of the body being formed in the womb. So there are things that are born into us. And in the body of Christ, I shared with you last time, and I'll just highlight it real quick so that we all catch up together. I said that when we look at the lists of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there, think of them this way. Don't think of the unique individual gifts and how my gifts are different than your gifts and all of that. Let's put all that aside for a moment and let's understand how gifts are dispensed by the Holy Spirit. And there's a bunch of lists that we find in the Bible. There are others. This is just a small group of these lists. Isaiah 11 in the Old Testament tells us about the list of things that will be upon this and it's interesting that he uses languages of plants. So let's look at that. And in Isaiah 11, this is what we read. A shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse. We just discovered that there are stem cells at the root tips and at the edges or the stem edges of a plant. So that this DNA that exists the stem cells that exist in the DNA of this plant exactly apply to this verse. He says, a branch shall grow out of his roots. In other words, it has within it the DNA of that stump. So this shoot that will come out from the stump of Jesse, he's talking about Messiah. He's talking about Jesus. And out of it, a branch will grow out of this root and then he says the spirit of the lord will rest on him and the spirit will give him gifts in the catholic church these are the seven gifts that they identify as the gifts of the spirit and i call these the ideal man's gifts the gifts that god has given to his ideal human creation which is jesus when he took on flesh God himself taking on flesh. As a man, God pours on him these gifts. And these gifts are a spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the delight in the fear of the Lord. And this helps us understand the DNA that was inborn in Jesus. This helps us understand that when Jesus grafts us into his family, we get that same DNA. So look at this list for a moment and say it out loud. We're not going to hear each other, but say it out loud. These gifts are part of my inheritance. Say it with me. These gifts are part of my inheritance. They are part of my DNA. They are my stem cells. This description of what Isaiah talks about, the Spirit of God coming on Messiah, 
is my stem cells. It's in me. Paul talks about gifts as well. And, and when we look at this list in Romans 12, and this is uh, a list of gifts that have been discussed in the body of Christ, teachers talk about these things, and they call them motivational gifts. Another name for this, so the, the messianic gift is the one I talked about earlier, the motivational gifts. Another name for this is the ideal human or the human ideal. The motivational gifts, we can also refer to them as innate gifts. Every human, as a matter of fact, the language in the Greek in Romans 12 speaks in such a way that Paul isn't describing gifts that are uniquely given to believers. He talks about these motivational, innate gifts that are given to every human. And what are they? Paul talks and he says, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. There is a grace. This is maybe a foreign concept to you. But God's grace extends to every human on the planet. Remember what Charmaine shared about the breath of God that became our breath in our spirit, as it were, within our being. We only exist because God is good to all humans. We only exist because God is good to the president of Ukraine as well as the Mr. Putin, as well as Mr. Biden, as well as Mr. Trudeau as well as Mr. Bogosian and Mr. Lee and Mr. Cuddy and Mr. Park and Mr. Mrs. Lee and Mrs. Uh, uh, Mafi. He is good to all of us. He has given us gifts even before we were born. As a matter of fact, what's the biblical proof for that? Before Jeremiah was formed in the womb, God knew him and gave him a gift. Before I formed you in the womb, he says to Jeremiah, I knew you and I have called you. God never calls before he equips. He will never send you to do something before he gives you the resources for it. So these innate gifts that are given to everyone, they include prophecy in proportion to our faith. If you are a born-again believer, you will prophesy the Word of God. If you're not a born-again believer, you will still have the ability to discern things and to perceive things in the spiritual world. You will sense one another's spirit, but they're not limited to believers. It's something that's given to everyone. In ministry, in ministering, uh, in ministry, uh, you know, ministry and ministering, teaching, for the teacher, exhortation for the exhorter, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. And last time I told you, as a matter of fact, what's really interesting, and I discovered this just recently, this list of different gifts, and it breaks down this way. It, get, it breaks down into this list, prophecy, ministry helps, teaching. I'm going to rename them in, in everyday words. So they are the gift of perceiving. Prophecy is really the perception of things in the spirit. And you speak it out, articulate it. 
Some people may perceive it, but never articulate it. Some people are gifted in serving. Now, if you look at the seven items, research is being done by scientists, sociologists, as well as business educators and consultants to take this list of seven items oops, over here and match them to the ideal person in a special type of job. And they've studied nurses, they've studied uh, police officers, they've studied CEOs, and they have identified a specific mix of the combination of these items. I keep going to the wrong direction, but the list of these items, they have understood that some of these items are more important in a specific type of job than in another. And, you know, when we were in high school, when I was in high school, uh, we had guidance counselors that would give us tests, aptitude tests, to help us flow in a specific direction for our career. It's the same idea. God gave that to all humans, and he has released that in, on the earth for the earth to be sustained by human existence. But then there is different other gifts. You know, I told you that the list is long. Uh, the different lists are, uh, that are listed. Uh, there's also a list in Corinthians. Now, what's interesting about the list of, in Corinthians, uh, chapter uh, 12, is that this list, sorry, uh, that's the wrong numbers. It should be 8 to 12, 8 to 10. He says, to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. Now these gifts here, I'm going to call these manifestation gifts. The list here shows us that there are nine of them. Is that right? Did I list nine? Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of uh, discernment of spirits, discerning of spirits, faith, gifts of healing, gifts of working of miracles, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Nine of them. These are manifestation gifts. They manifest the power of God and His Spirit in our lives and through our lives to the people around us. As a matter of fact, Joel, the prophet, prophesied this many years ago before Jesus came and before he was taken up after his death and resurrection and before the Spirit came down. He prophesied it this way, Joel. He says, then afterward, God is speaking, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So when we see this list of motivational, uh, sorry, of uh, manifestational gifts, I'm going to call them the power gifts because they are the Spirit coming on us, baptizing us, as it were, and imparting to us gifts of power. These are gifts that Jesus says, when I go to the Father, the Spirit will come upon you and you will have power to be my witnesses 
in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. These are manifestations of the power of God in our lives and through our lives to be witnesses for Christ. I'm going to group them a little bit differently right now. And the way I'm going to group them is, sorry, the way I'm going to group them is by uh, looking at them as word gifts or spoken gifts, internal motivation, uh, not motivation, but internal alignment gifts. So you have the words of knowledge, the words of uh, wisdom, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. These five are spoken power gifts. You have to actually open your mouth and the word will come out of your mouth to manifest that. You have to have faith that you have received the gift and you have to have faith to exercise it. But that's a different faith than the faith needed for the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the gift to believe for the impossible things to happen and they actually happen. Those are internal. That's an internal thing that happens and you, you again, you have to speak it out. All of these word gift or power gifts have something to do with speaking it out. The words that are released from our mouth because the words are created. Jesus said, when, when you open your mouth, I will fill it. Now, I know the context is different than the manifestation of the gifts, but these are manifestation gifts that are given for the release. So I don't know what gift you have been given. But I'm going to pray today that your faith rises to match the grace that the Spirit has given to you so that when we look at the Scriptures, this passage here, you begin to see that these words have been given through the Spirit to you. These gifts. So just put yourself in a position of receiving. Open your heart up to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, say it with me, Holy Spirit, you are God and you are good. And you have gifts uniquely for how I have been made in the womb. Give me your gift today so that I can be an instrument of your kingdom to be a witness to you, my Messiah, my Savior, my Lord. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, just put your hand up as a physical sign of your wanting and asking God for a gift. He is ready to give you gifts. What's interesting about these gifts is that they're not for your benefit. None of these gifts are for your benefit. Whether it's the motivational gifts or these power gifts, each one of these gifts is actually for the benefit of the whole. It's for the benefit of society. It's for the benefit of one another. It's for the benefit of those that you are in relationship with and those that you don't even have relationship with yet. Every gift is for the benefit of the bigger thing. It's not for your personal benefit. Sometimes the gift has a personal cost. 
If you speak in tongues in an environment that doesn't understand that there's such a gift, you can get persecuted. If you're living in a society that has no faith, you can get persecuted for any of these gifts. What do you mean you're speaking on behalf of God? But what Joel told us is, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, not some. In other words, all of the nine gifts that are listed in this passage that have to do with releasing a power word, a creative word, is yours and mine to have. The Spirit will give each of us a different measure of all of them, but just like the stem cells that are in the human body, they will specialize, the stem cells will, and make each one of us uniquely different because of how the differentiation of the cells take place. Just like in the plant, in the vine or the fig tree, the stem cells at the tips and at the roots will specialize into any one of them. So I believe, and I challenge you to come to me with scripture to help prove me wrong, but I believe that each one of us is given the DNA of Jesus and we have that full DNA within our spirit and he can specially differentiate at different times how he wants each of us to function in that situation. There may be situations where he gives you the ability to speak a language you don't know according to his desire for that moment. You may not be a person that speaks in tongues, but he may give you that at that moment. You may not be a healer, but he may give you the ability to have faith and to articulate a word of healing to someone at a moment that he wants to activate that DNA in you. Because the DNA, the complete DNA, according to Genesis 1, every plant bears fruit according to its own kind. Every animal bears offspring according to its own kind. That's why I love Genesis. The foundations are right there. The reality is the church of God has, according to its own kind, the body of Christ reproduces according to its own kind. Every one of us is according to our own kind. Our head, Jesus, gives us the DNA and it's in every one of us. The gift of God, the DNA of God, the Spirit of God is in each one of us. He turns on different cell, different portions of that DNA as He wills, when He wills. There's still another set of gifts that I haven't even touched on. If we go back to the list of the different lists, I talked about first uh, Isaiah and then second, I talked about Romans, I talked about Corinthians 12. There's an interesting verse in Corinthians 12, and that's what he says here. He says that 
And God appointed first in the church apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. But the list that, I mean, he's listing things here. And there's a lot of overlap in some of these gifts. You know why there's overlap? The reason that there's overlap in these gifts is because they are expressions of the same DNA. You know, when you take a cell from your cheek, or you take a cell from your muscles, or you take a cell from your brain, it's the same DNA in all of the different cells. The DNA is identical. If you take a cell or from a banana plant, whether it's the banana itself or the leaf or the, the skin of the banana or the branches or the trunk or the root, it's the same DNA. It's the same in the church. It's the same DNA. It's the same spirit. So he tells us something in this last list, which is the list in Ephesians 4, that has caused so much confusion in the body of Christ. There's been some resistance to some of the words that are in there, but let me put it up on the screen so we can see it. This is now Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Do you remember who the pastor of the church in Ephesus was? If you do, put it in the chat. I'd just like to, uh, to see how we remember some of these things. Anybody remember? Put it in the chat real quick. I'm keeping an eye on the chat. And in Ephesians, he, write this. he writes this. The chat is quiet. I guess you don't remember. These, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostle. Exactly. Timothy. Thank you, Safwan. He writes this letter to the apostle called Timothy. Now, sometimes we think of the letter of Timothy as the pastoral letter. It's not. It's an apostolic letter because he tells the apostle what to do and how to do it. But there's so much confusion about what an apostle is, what a teacher is, what a prophet is, what a pastor is. I hope in the next few minutes that I have to help unpack this a little bit so that it makes a little bit more sense. So he says, he gave, the gifts he gave were that. Who did he give the gifts to? Let's read the passage and hopefully it will make sense. Some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now think of DNA, think of stem cells, think of different cells in the body, and try to picture how these now specialized cells that are all over the body, how are they being equipped? They're equipped by the lungs breathing in oxygen, by the heart pumping it, by the liver cleansing it, by the uh, kidney cleansing it, by the liver getting rid of the waste, by the stomach getting in the nutrients. These are specialized groupings of cells within the body, but they don't exist for the sake of themselves. The heart doesn't exist for the sake of being a heart. The heart exists and beats billions of times in a lifetime so that it gets the blood flowing to different parts so that they are nourished. The lungs don't exist for being lungs. They exist to receive the oxygen, get rid of the carbon dioxide so that the blood now can take the oxygen and the heart pump it so that the muscles get it when you need to work out and do whatever you're working to do. 
None of it is for themselves. So the prophets, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastors and teachers are there to equip the saints, the rest of the members of the body for the work of ministry so that can do the functioning to build up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity and to the full measure of Christ. So what are these gifts that he has given? These gifts that he has given are ministry gifts, and they are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. These are gifts not given to an individual. The gift is the apostle, the gift is the prophet, the gift is each one of these five, but they're not given to an individual. They are given to the church. The church is the one that gets, the corporate body is the one that gets this gift. And the gift isn't for the person that has it. The gift is for the whole. And, you know, we can break these down. And if we have them broken down this way, Paul in Corinthians lists some of the order, but he, he mixes this list with a bunch of others lists, so it doesn't really make any difference. It's all part of the same DNA. But these are office gifts. They are there for the sake of activation. So, okay, let's go back to what they, what we've seen so far. There is innate gifts, motivational gifts, things that you possess no matter if you're a Christian or not. There are things that motivate you to function in a certain way and to make you suited to do a certain task. Okay? Those are the lists of, uh, those are the gifts in Romans 12. Then there are unique gifts added on top of those seven so that now you can manifest the power of God through yourself possessing these seven inborn gifts. And depending on how you obey and how you serve and how you allow yourself to mature and how you are teachable, the Lord selects some as gifts. And Jesus says, when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will get a prophet's reward. If you receive a man of God in the name of man of God, you will get the man of God's reward. Tahara could be anointed, you know, born from the birth. She had the ability to discern things. She had a perceiving gift. The Holy Spirit comes on her as after she's born again, and he gives her the gift of prophecy. If we don't recognize that in her and think that she's just speaking whatever she wants to speak, we will never get the benefit of receiving the gift of prophecy through her among us. And it's the same with any one of these others. But these are uniquely given for the building up of the church and for not personal gain. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, what does that mean? Could it be that the gifts of the Spirit are things that are there lying dormant in your life and in my life and even within the church, that the gifts of the Spirit have been dispensed already by God, 
they are given out, but just like this box that we have in this picture, we just never open them. Could it be that God has given us all the gifts within City River, but we just haven't opened them? Whose responsibility is it to open them? Yours and mine. If we don't open the gift that we have been given, if I don't open the gift that I've been given from birth, and by the way, this is what good parenting is about, to identify one of those seven gifts in your child and nurture them along so that they can mature and be the person that they were created to be. That's the innate gifts. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you after you're born again, we as the church, through the gift given to the church, the five individual gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teacher, we equip you so that you can function in your gift and grow in your gift. But we need to appreciate that in one another and receive it from one another and receive it and grow in it. So I want to close with one last prayer. And it's a prayer of activation. If we don't receive the gifts God has put in me, in you, in us together, and if we don't receive the gifts, you know, when I was first called to pastor TCLG, some of you were there. We were at Tyndale. We were meeting in that room in the uh, seminary, S102. And that day they called me forward RP and Ara and a few others came forward and laid hands on me and said to me, we receive you as pastor to serve us. I was already doing all the work that was required of me by God because we didn't have a pastor at the time, but I was doing the work. Nothing changed by them laying hands on me and praying for me. Actually, everything changed in my life, but nothing changed outside. Nothing changed in the church. We still function the same way. But the fact that they laid hands and recognized the gift that God had given through me to the church now made the church benefit from me stepping into the office of pastor. That's the same way within the family. If you don't recognize a father in the family as a father and treat him just as a friend, you will never get the benefit of a father in the family. You will never get the benefit of a mother in a family if you don't recognize her as your mother and revere her and give her the respect that the office deserves. I'm not looking for us to begin to recognize people in offices and say we respect you. I'm talking about receiving the gift in the individuals that the Lord places among us. So I'm going to pray a prayer of activation. Again, put yourself in a receiving position. But this time it's different. This time it's not receiving, but it's unpacking. So Lord, as each of us have been given gifts from birth, and as we look back in our history, from the time that we were babies until today, we recognize special things that you've given to us. Some that we have unpacked, some that still remain in the box, 
for everything that has happened in our lives that has made us keep things in the box. Because I'm shy, because I'm ashamed, because I don't want to be different. For all of those and other reasons, today we repent. And we say, Lord, we don't despise the gift that you have placed in us, in me. I receive it, I bless it, and I unpack it, and I want you to teach me how to use it to advance your kingdom. In the same way, Lord, we receive the gifts that you have placed in the body here together. We receive the apostle, we receive the prophet, we receive the evangelist, we receive the pastor, we receive the teacher, so that together we may be built up and equipped for the work of ministry that you have for us at City River. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.